I'm joined today by uh, Pete Fletcher from VMware. Hi, Pete. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Going real good, thank you. And uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do at VMware. Sure. So my name is Pete Fletcher. I am a senior technical marketing architect at VMware. I work in the storage and availability business unit. So my primary focus is uh, anything storage with VMware and all of our storage partners. That can be virtual volumes, virtual SAN, VAIO, site recovery manager, all the good stuff. So you mentioned one thing in there that is uh, that, that particularly interests me, you know, and, and I'm not um, a, a deep technical VMware guy, but um, I'm fascinated by what VMware are doing with uh, this concept of VVOLs. Um, so can you explain a little bit about what VVOLs are and maybe what problems VMware are looking to solve with that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great way to start is to really talk about you know, what the status quo is today and sort of what problems that we see in traditional infrastructure and how VVOLs sort of addresses those. You know, and I think we can break it down into a couple of. The first I would say is, uh, the, the smaller one is visibility. Traditionally, virtual administrators, they don't have total visibility into the storage. You know, you provision a data store that's on a LUN, what, what, what is that LUN? Is it, is it flash? Is it spinning disk? Is it backed up? Is there encryption? You have no visibility. You basically have an IQN number. You've got this, this object that your storage administrator took maybe a week or two to provision for you, uh, and then you got it into a data store, and it's been a pre-allocated size, and then you throw all your virtual machines into this uh, into this uh, data store that's tied to a LUN, uh, and every single virtual machine that goes in that LUN gets the exact same class of service. So if they, um, you know, if, if they have a, a specific requirement of some some virtual machines might have more requirements for for media, maybe it has to be on flash, or some have requirements where it has to be deduplication, has to be encryption, or whatever. Uh, so if you put them all in the same data store, the same bucket, you run into this problem called I/O Blender, where you know everybody's contending for I/O, and but they're all getting the exact same class of service, if you will. Uh, and so what ends up happening is uh, traditional infrastructures, uh, if 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 they don't want to deal with that, they'll create individual buckets and start throwing their virtual machines in silos based on what the requirements are. That's kind of a nightmare to manage. And then when the run, the LUN runs out of space, you got to get another one provisioned, and they're very they're very they're very static, right? So what virtual volumes does is they take that completely away. They've re-architected it. Now we just have one big storage container. But this storage container is not like a LUN in the sense that it's pre-allocated storage. This is essentially just, it's a, it's a quota of how much disk space can be used. Uh, and essentially this is done on the storage side. And then your virtual administrators can create these things we call VM storage policies that can be very granular and different. You know, a simple example would be gold, silver, bronze. You know, people can do other ones. They could do one for applications, for, for operating systems. But the idea behind these, these individual policies is you can assign very specific characteristics to these individual policies so when your virtual administrator is provisioning new virtual machines, they can say, oh, this is an operating system. So it has this type of disk uh, and has these characteristics associated with it, whether it's quality of service, uh, whether it's even a replication strategy. Some of our vendors you know, tie in data protection and, and replication strategies into their policies, right? So if I provision a policy that's silver, but no replication, but maybe my gold has all flash requirements, no deduplication, and replication, right? So I can be very granular in these policies so when I'm provisioning virtual machines at an individual disk level, not even a virtual machine level, right? So maybe my operating system has a different requirement than say an application drive, right? Maybe I've got a database server and my logs don't need to be replicated. My, uh, my TempDB doesn't need to be replicated, but I do make sure that I replicate my application database. Uh, and so you can manage all of that within your VM storage policies. And, and we do this with a thing called storage policy-based management. 
This is the framework that VMware has come up with that really makes storage much more intelligent uh, and more efficient because you're only using the storage that you need and you're giving the class of service to the individual disks uh, exactly what they need, no more and no less. So you've got the granularity to be able to do that with individual disks within a VM and apply different policies to each one. Absolutely. And then the whole visibility thing goes away too, right? Because now the virtual administrator doesn't need to guess what's on the underlying storage. He doesn't care. He creates a VM storage policy. He knows when he provisions that virtual machine and he knows that it's for a database. If he clicks that gold VM storage policy, then he knows for a fact that it's going to be provisioned on a data store that is going to provision it on flash. It is going to give it the exact the quality of service. But if he does it on like a bronze or something, maybe he's trying to present different classes of service to his consumers. You know, and maybe somebody wants to spend a le less money, and so they can do that cheap and deep disk uh, on, a, on a bronze policy, if you will. And so they can manage class of service using like QoS. And so it's just a, a much more intelligent way of doing that, that policy-based management that everybody really wants. Uh, and now we're doing that with our framework, SPVM. And you mentioned there the policy-based management thing that everybody wants. And I think that's absolutely right. Because the thing that really interests me with this is it sounds very much as though you're extracting all the complexity away. So all the things you were talking about before about LUNs and paths and trying to trying to manage all that. Oh piece. yeah, nobody cares about that stuff. No, no, yeah, no, no. everybody hates that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, but but you're extracting all that kind of thing away. And so am I right in thinking that the VM administrator? VVOLs to him always looks the same regardless of the underlying technologies. Oh yeah, so a data store is a data store is a data store. I mean, a VVOL data store looks exactly and acts just like a regular data store. It's just a VVOL data store. The difference is now we have these individual virtual volumes. You know, people get the concept, they hear volumes and they think, oh wait, this sounds like it's going to be a, a management nightmare if every virtual machine has multiple volumes. But it's essentially, it's a new concept. There is no VMFS anymore. There is no file system. These are objects that reside natively on the array. And the VASA provider, the VVOLs, is what points all these individual volumes and ties them into one virtual machine. So it's it's actually much simpler. There are much more objects because there's much more volumes, but there's no more LUNs. It's just one big data store. So the, the architecture is significantly, significantly simplified. So uh, you just had a, a big vSphere release, um, and this kind of takes us to a VVOLs version 2, is that right? Yeah, so 6.5 just came out this week. And uh, tons of great stuff besides VVOLs in there. I mean, new 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 features around HA, new features around DRS, uh, security. There's VM encryption now. I mean, I'm really excited about the new logging that's in there. I mean, the best way to get all this information, honestly, is if you went to our podcast, it's vspeakingpodcast.com. We're doing like a month-long series of uh, interviews with all of the different experts within VMware to talk about all the different updates in vSphere 6.5. So uh, I definitely recommend checking those out. But yeah, we, we also had some updates in VVOLs. Uh, the big news for VVOLs 2.0 that came out in 6.5 is we now offer support for array-based replication. You know, this has been a big inhibitor for some of our customers where they're like, yeah, I love the concept of VVOLs. I love the simplicity. You know, I love all of the value that it brings to my environment. However, if I can't replicate it, I can't use it, right? And so that was a big inhibitor for us. And we've been really excited about getting that one out the door. And so super excited to say that it's available now. Pete, well, thanks for that. I, I do think VVOLs is an extremely impressive technology. It's going to change a lot of the way that we, we look to manage our virtual states. So uh, you mentioned a podcast there. Um, it's a great podcast where I get all my VMware information from. Um, but if people want to maybe hassle you online, come and ask you some questions, how do they find you? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter, at VPedroArrow. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Or you can email us at podcast.vmware.com, and we'd love to hear from you there as well. Pete, really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for talking to me, and I'll, I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Paul. 
Hope you enjoyed that episode. Next week, it's all about data privacy. I'm joined by Global Data Privacy Specialist Sheila Fitzpatrick. We'll be talking about the differences between privacy and data security. Uh, We'll be talking about the impact of legislation and how to start to build a robust data privacy strategy. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on an episode, then please subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And of course, you can find all episodes on techstringy.com. Thanks for listening.